Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Rueda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we've got a supersized episode for everybody. We've got some news and notes to go over in NWSL. We've got to recap San Diego Wave and Houston Dash for you all. We've got a midweek preview to go through for everyone. There's, there's a lot to get into here, so let's just jump in before we do. Quick reminder to watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. Subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Make sure you hit it because you don't want to miss what we've got in the pipeline coming up. We are we had a great interview with Angela Hughley's Magadov Angel City, also former USWNT International. I love that. I, it was like a reset. It was like a, it was like a mental, re- it was great chatting with her. And I can't wait for everybody to, uh, to access the, uh, the interview that's coming up soon this week. Stay tuned. Lisa, are you hyped? Are you ready to do this with me? I'm so excited. There's so much happening um, in the last couple of days. Have been. We had to break it up. There was nuts. so much happening. <laughs> truly nuts with all the news that has happened and that is broke. Uh, you just plugged our interview with Angela. It was a fantastic conversation. So definitely stay tuned for when that drops later this week because you're not going to want to miss it. But um, as always, Sandra, it's just such a pleasure chatting with you daily about all the <laughs> stuff happening because it is daily, frankly. Literally, it's every day of my life, quite frankly. <laughs> that's that's the that's the energy. Uh, no, I, uh, I I was laughing a little bit about it because it's like going through the rundown. I was like, there was so much happening that we had to like effectively break it up as best mm-hmm. that we could because there was just so much to, to sort of talk about. There was so much soccer, A, to watch, and then B, obviously, recap and discuss. Um, so we did go live on, on Saturday. We recapped some NWSL action for everybody, but we still have to recap San Diego Wave and Houston Dash for everyone and give our sort of thoughts and perspectives on that, see if we made the correct pick or not. We'll, we'll find out when we go through the recap. Uh, but we also recapped Women's Cup, so please go ahead and check out uh, that episode if you've been unable to, to sort of keep up with all of the action that's been happening. And uh, we'll go ahead and give the midweek preview and try to touch on WICC for everyone as well. But before we get into actual game stuff, we got to talk about some news that has been dropping because, again, transfer windows coming up. 
It's going to be closed very soon. There's still some movement that has happened. We want to chat about that. And uh, clubs are making some some moves, making some announcements, let's, let's just say. So the biggest one that we want to start with, because we're so thrilled about this getting finalized and then announced, the NWSL Championship has a home. It's going to be taking place in Audi Field in Washington, D.C. You can catch it on October 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS in prime time. You can also follow along on Paramount+. Plus. International viewers can follow along with Twitch. And it's all came to fruition because the league, Ally Financial, and CBS essentially worked together to try to make sure that they got this event on a prime time slot. Yeah, this is huge news, huge news. Um, There have been rumblings that this match was going to be played in D.C. at Audi Field for a while now, but it is officially out there and and really that 8 p.m. time slot um, on an Eastern kickoff is fantastic. It's on CBS on primetime, which is something that CBS wants, the league wants, the players wants, the fans wants. It's just a matter of all of those pieces coming together. And and there's so much behind the scenes that even I don't understand about these negotiations and how it works. But when we think back to the 2021 NWSL championship, that was originally supposed to be played in Portland at Providence Park. And it was going to be a 9 a.m. kickoff time, which is incredibly early. And the players were the ones that started lobbying and saying, listen, we need to change this because we need a better time slot for this. So the game got moved from Portland, Oregon to Louisville, Kentucky to be played at Lynn Family Stadium. So it was the the same time slot in on CBS, but now the game kickoff would be noon for the players. And it was still very early, but much better than a 9 a.m. kickoff. That's like you've got to wake up at like 4 a.m. or something to get ready for that game. So 8 p.m. kickoff now for this championship game. It's going to be on CBS. It's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. It'll be on Twitch internationally. CBS made it happen. Ally made it happen. The league made it happen. I know Jessica Berman was in talks, the NWSL commissioner, about how to make this all happen. This is huge for the players, for the league, for everything and and the growth of it. I know a lot of people, once this news dropped uh, this morning, right, today's Tuesday, it dropped this morning, there's a lot of notes about where the league was in 2013, how attendance was, where you could watch it, if you could watch it online, everything like that up until um, last year and now this year, which is the 10th year in the NWSL, and they're hoping to sell out Audi Field. They're hoping to do really good numbers on CBS primetime. And, and that's really the point of it. The fact that this is also considered a neutral location at Audi field, because it's not um, determined that Washington will or will not be in the championship. And that's something else that they're also working with the league, whether they wait until they know who's going to be in the, in the playoffs or in the championship to pick a location. But I like this neutral location. I mean, it's close to me on the East coast. So um, I like this and obviously an 8 PM kickoff on October 29th, like be there, be square. Spooky vibes. It's Halloween weekend, y'all. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited for that. Like all these like other little things around it, you know, it's like, it should be treated as such, you know, this is the biggest game of the year for this Mm -hmm. league every single year that goes by and uh, to sort of kind of treat it as such, I think is very, very important. I think having that prime time slot helps out immensely. I think there have been kickoffs in the past that have been, been early, been early afternoon sort of daytime kickoffs and in, in various uh, facilities in, in the past, but I like that it's, um, 
it's still ultimately a neutral location. Sometimes teams go on ridiculous runs and, and make that not the case. I mean, Carolina was, was awarded the, uh, the championship final and, and went ahead and was able to, to make their return back to the championship final. And this one finally uh, being announced in Audi Field after some reporting, I believe via the Athletic, primarily with rumblings about whether this was going to be the facility in which the championship final was held. But now it's all, it's all official, and I'm loving like the reaction around it as well. Like everyone's like really excited about this being a primetime slot. Folks are like, you have great folks out in DC, whether it's like Rose Room Collective or other supporters groups who are like trying to give tips on how to prepare for travel for this event, and I love that. Like this is like just one of those moments where like even if you're just sort of a neutral of you know neutral fan or neutral supporter of the league and its teams and its existence you want to this is like the type of event where you maybe you want to go and try out and treat yourself in support so exciting times ahead for the championship final but let's maybe segue a little bit there is a team that is home to uh washington to see the washington spirit we're going to transition a little bit to some news that came out of the washington spirit franchise here they announced Amidst the slew of uh, United States women's national team's news drops, uh, because the official September friendly uh, roster for the friendlies against Nigeria dropped on Monday. And in between all that, the Spirit went ahead and sent out an 11 worded tweet saying that head coach Chris Ward has been relieved of his duties as head coach. And that was all she wrote. I Farewell. think, yeah, full stop on that one. This yeah. is insane. An 11 word tweet. That's all that the club put out um, up until this point of our recording Tuesday, early afternoon. Um, they, there still has not been word. The league has not put out a statement yet. There really hasn't been anything. And um, I, I mean, there's so many different layers to kind of dissect <laughs> about this conversation about this. Um, Washington is one, nine and six this e season. They're sitting in 11th place. They're only ahead of, Gotham FC at this point in the standings, they've really, really struggled. It's a 15 game streak of no wins. They won their first game in the regular season and, and that's been it. So they've been on a bit of a struggle bus. They they've also had a lot of games in quick succession at the start of this season. Um, and the fact that Chris Ward is now out of this role, um, maybe isn't incredibly surprising, but how it happened to me is just Shocking because of this single sentence tweet that came out and no other comments about it. No why. There is no press release from the club. There's nothing coming out from the league at this point. And that's what's just truly shocking to me. Even if it's just, hey, this was a mutual agreement. It's based on performance. This is it. Like, hey, he's going to go with, what, six games left in the season. I, I think that the, the fans – deserve to know that just based on everything we went through in the league last year with coaches coming out about this. Um, but uh, this is a coach in Chris Ward that joined the spirit uh, years ago as an analytics and player performance development coach. Last August, he was named the acting head coach after former Richie Burke uh, was dismissed and fired from his role as head coach. And he led Ward led Washington Spirit to the club's first ever NWSL championship in 2021. Yeah. Then in December, he was hired on as the full-time coach. And now uh, towards the end of August, uh, they say goodbye to him. And he is, quote, relieved of his duties as head 
coach. Did this shock you, Sandra? I don't know if um, <laughs> the, this, the firing of a coach who um, has had a pretty abysmal record is shocking. I think I think what was most shocking about it again was just sort of the announcement of it. And it's just sort of like it just the perception around that is just there's for lack of a better word, it's just weird to me. Um, you know, if it's if it's a combination of something where it's like, hey, they've had an abysmal record this year. They mm-hmm. haven't had a win in forever. They're in second to last place. They and even just being second to last place, they've mostly been the bottom half of the table for the entirety of the regular season. If it's, you know, and then something like that, if it leads to perhaps maybe losing a little bit of the, of the locker room a little bit, if it's a combination of all those things, that's of course understandable. You're going to have those conversations with your head coach and probably reach that conclusion. But I mean, look what happened at Gotham. Look what happened at Gotham. It was, Hey, we've reached. We're We're not winning back. Yeah. It's like coach. It's like, here's, here's the coaches who have been, you know, having a a difficult time this season. And and now those conversations are obviously being had, but you know, even with that, like I said, it's like the, the sort of sharing of the information or the, you know, the revealing of, of the news is what sort of throws me off uh, a a little bit. I I think even with all of those combined things, right. The, the poor record, the questionable performances, you know, the possibility that at this point in the season, he may have lost a locker room, all of those above points. I think this is still the head coach that ultimately was on the sidelines that like helped lead the team to their 2021 end of result championship. How you don't say like a, you know, hey, thanks, Chris, I think is 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 kind of like curious. But that also because of that, that also leads to more unfortunate speculative things. And I think one of the things you want to do if there are no um, type of speculative things there, like one of the things you want to do as a club is try to make sure that you get in front of those things and go ahead and, and have the dismissal as clear and concrete is possible. And, you know, the fact that there are also reporters who have said, confirmed that the spirit don't intend to have any additional comment is very curious. So it, it leads to other folks, you know, back to where we were in 2021, where a lot of folks were making and drawing their own conclusions on things due to uh, the way information was sort of placed out around certain dismissals or terminations or firings mm-hmm. of head coaches in 2021. So to sort of go from Gotham FC, putting out a number of statements and, and talking around uh, their mutual separation and dismissal of Scott Parkinson and sort of having statements from, you know, their, their GM, their president, their VP, and then now their former head coach, but not really having a news release about it is still kind of questionable for me. And then the spirit kind of having nothing around it with, with the exception of an 11 word tweet is very questionable to me. Um, but, you know, I'm not someone who's in those front offices or part of those comms departments or, or making those decisions. So I think in the meantime, I think, uh, people's uh curiosity is fixated on those points and they're also yeah. fixated on the fact that when you don't have when you don't have the appropriate dissemination of information people are going to keep asking those questions so folks are like well who's going to be running the trainings or who's going to be is there going to be an interim you know in place like what is this going to mean so i think a lot of a lot of folks were curious if, if angela salem was you know going to be someone who's going to be um running point on things um 
because she got named as an assistant coach with this coaching staff as well, got brought into the fold. And in the interview that we had with her said that she had had these conversations with Chris Ward specifically to come in to be part of the coaching staff. So um, in the meantime, I guess that's the next news drop that has to come for for this franchise is who's going to be the interim in, in the meantime. Yeah. And there's been rumblings um, that Angela Salem will be leading the practices for Washington Spirit this week or until there's an interim head coach announced, but also um, rumblings that Mark Kirkorian, the club's president of soccer ops, um, and he's a former NCAA coach. He's won a lot of titles. Um, he will also be one to step in and guide this team uh, through the end of the year. But there's been nothing. These are all rumblings from reporters, great reporters doing the the groundwork in Washington to figure out what's happening. But there's been nothing from the club. So um, speculation, I guess, at this point. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to stay tuned. Right. When we get more information, we'll share that information. That's sort of how, how it works. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, in, in this league, let's talk a little bit about trades. Right. Those are still happening as well with the transfer window quickly coming to a close this one also had some some room for for folks and and their takes on it as well kansas city current and gotham fc participating in a mutual trade here the kansas city current go ahead and trade victoria pickett to gotham fc two hundred thousand dollars in allocation money and a conditional first round pick I think there will be more clarity on that and if it's going to be the uh, the natural first-round pick or the recent pick that uh, Kansas City Current received. So there's still some conditions there. But Victoria Pickett, now a part of New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Lisa, your reaction to this one when it dropped? Um, I am... I love this trade for Gotham. I mean, it, it's a little bit, we talked about this yesterday, I guess. I was like, wait, I've said my take on this. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but the, I guess that was off mic. Um, this is a, a very interesting trade. I think $200,000 in allocation money is a lot of money for this type of player. Um, she, she's, Pickett's at her second year in the league. She was a Rookie of the Year finalist in 2021 um, with Kansas City last year. This is a, a player that um, did well last year and I think has grown so much as a player on the pitch this year with Kansas City. But but how can you not when you look at what Matt Potter has thrown together at Kansas City and, and the players that have been brought in there, whether it's Lola Bonta in the midfield, Desiree Scott, like these are players Pickett has been playing alongside. And uh, Kristen Hamilton, CeCe Kaiser up top, the, the talent that's been around Pickett has truly helped her growth in this league and, and with Kansas City that she's become a player that, does a lot for Kansas City and helps contribute. But she's more of a link player than a player that's going to walk into a team and walk onto a field and just control everything and get it done. So that's what the interesting trade is for me. Um, going to Gotham, a team that really needs a, a, a player that is going to walk into that midfield and control the games, help turn things around, right? This is a Gotham side that recently – uh, let go or had a mutual goodbye with their former head coach, Scott Parkinson, brought in Hugh Menzies, former Jamaican women's international coach, um, a, in an attempt to turn things around towards the end of the year. They're growing on the investor side with Sue Bird, um, and they've got a, a lot of different parts there with the Manning coming in, uh, NFL players into that investment side of things. And now making a move for a player like Victoria Pickett is just interesting because I'm not sure exactly where she's going to fall 
in this lineup, right? Oh, do you put her alongside Christy Mewis in that midfield and McCall Zerboni and then it's Pickett? So um, does that give Mewis a little bit more freedom to push up higher into the pitch? But that's something that Pickett likes to do as well. I think it'll be really interesting to see where Pickett falls with this, this Gotham squad. And perhaps maybe it's not for this season and it's for next year. And and and, the, and Team Menzies is playing the long game as well as Gotham. But um, in terms of the player for Victoria Pickett, I think this is great for her. She's in her second year in the league. She's a consistent starter at Kansas City. Um, to go to a, a big club like Gotham FC that's looking to turn things around, I think could help her and, and could help Pickett take that next step to be – um, the next level player to become a leader on a team, to be a player that is a game changer in games and, and play makes in the midfield. But we'll, we'll kind of see how it unwinds. I mean, Kansas City is is going to miss her, I think, um, for sure, for sure. What do you think about this trade? Do you think we'll see Pickett getting in the lineup before we know it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you – I don't know if you actually – hit the trade button on this one if you don't intend to for get two hundred thousand. Yeah, for $200,000 allocation money if you don't intend to get this player acclimated quickly, uh, you know, with, with your team. So I think it's a really good pickup for, for Gotham FC. I think, you know, they've struggled this year. That goes without saying that's an old, cold take. That's not new. Um, but I think when you're looking at specific areas or specific lines on the pitch for this Gotham FC side, this is an area in which they were trying to target, right? So if you have Pickett who could sort of get in these roles and, you know, really be able to kind of distribute the ball around a little bit, I think that's going to benefit, you know, mm -hmm. the attacking players on this team. And I think maybe that perhaps cuts a little bit uh, takes maybe take some 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 weight off of a player like Mewis or weigh some some expectations or or, or weight off of a player like uh, like Cerboni uh, with this Gotham FC side. So uh, I think it's a good pickup for them. I don't I don't know what it'll you know if it'll pan out for them in in 2022. This might be something that we sort of see pan out for them more in 2023. Um, but I think. Mutually speaking, if we're looking at sort of how this will impact Gotham on the pitch, I think it's all right there, like we're talking about right now. I think when you're looking at the Kansas City current side of things, you're looking at that big lump sum of money. You're looking at that $200,000 and you're sort of wondering, OK, well, what's um, what's going to be the move with um with this here for, for Kansas city current, is this going to be, you know, for a, a different player? Is this going to be for, you know, for contracts that maybe they're going to want to start looking at in the off season, you know, because this is a Kansas city current side that has at the moment, a lot of really good young pieces, right. Where they've got a really good young player and, and Alex uh, Loera that at least Bennett is still providing off of the bench for them. You know, maybe these are players that they're looking at and the future of this club looking ahead a little bit and maybe trying to say like, Hey, like this is, we have to start maybe looking at potential different contracts in, in the, in the future for, uh, for this, uh, for this current side. So uh, it was nice to see 
um, Pickett sort of, you know, say her farewells to to Kansas City. It wasn't, you know, a franchise that she was with for for a long time. But you could sort of see how very quickly in NWSL, you know, players are are able to sort of kind of adapt and get adjusted and sort of kind of call these these places um you know, home essentially. So even though she had just spent like rookie season with them and, and basically nearly every game to date with, with this, uh, with this current side that she kind of, you know, said all her thank yous and, and farewells to them as well. So um, I would imagine that Pickett gets, gets time immediately or as soon as, as, as they possibly uh, can mm-hmm. with this Gotham FC side. But uh, I, I don't imagine that that might be the last, you know, signing or trade that we hear about. We'll see. Uh, like I said, the window's uh, closing this week. So perhaps there will be some more news down the pipeline and we will, do our best to keep up with all that and keep everybody informed. But there's also a couple of retirements that we wanted to touch on a little bit before we took a quick break. A couple of lionesses departing from the England women's national team, Ellen White and Jill Scott announcing their retirements. Ellen White retiring as England's all-time leading goal scorer, winning 10 club trophies with Leeds Arsenal, Man City, and officially a women's zero with the lionesses. Jill Scott Nine club trophies, three-time Cypress Cup winner, Arnold Clark Cup, women's zero, 161 caps for the Lionesses in 17 professional seasons. So congrats to them going out on top, quite frankly. Huge. Yeah, definitely going out on top. And and you look at Jill Scott, 35 years old, um, Ellen White, 33 years old, not necessarily at the obvious end of their careers, but I think for um, these players, the fact that England just won the Euros and and that was such a huge moment. It it was almost like a a sigh of relief for those players because they know that it was a turning point for women's football and for the sport and for the country. Um, Huge, incredible careers by both of these players White and Scott and wishing them all the best in, in the next stage, in the next phase, hoping maybe to get them on the broadcast side of things. Love to see that player development or on the coaching side of things. We can always use more coaches in the game, yep. especially former female players. So love to see that. And congrats uh, to both of them, Ellen White and Jill Scott, on their fantastic careers. All right, we've got more to get through for you all. We're going to recap San Diego Way versus Houston and preview Portland versus North Carolina right after a quick break. All right, before we get into NWSL games, we just want to extend quick congratulations to Olympic Lyon. They are the 2022 WICC winners. Lyon defeat Monterrey 4-0 in the WICC final. Lindsay Horan capping off an emotional return to Portland was named player of the tournament, scored three goals, including two in the final alone. It was almost like it was written in the stars, right? So congrats to Leon on winning the WICC once more. It, it was kind of like a home game for Lindsay Horan. Let's right. be real. It was nice to see that. It you was know, great. They made the announcement, you know, over the, the course of the offseason that she was going to head on over to, to Leon and, and go on contract for a couple of years. And, you know, honestly, because of that, they kind of reshifted things with her Portland uh, contract. So she'll totally. eventually get to make, eventually get to make her return. Right. And go ahead and, and continue playing with, um with the thorns when she wants to make her return to the States. But 
this was kind of nice in the sense where it's like you get that sort of kind of not not just a check-in but a little bit of of a you know farewell you don't necessarily get that sometimes in the offseason when you kind of make those choices for yourself as a player to move on into uh to the next chapter of your career but so it was nice to really sort of um see this uh duo of games from her in providence park a place that she's not unfamiliar with at all and we're going to preview a game in <laughs> with, with Portland in this next section of the episode but first we want to recap really quickly San Diego Wave and Houston Dash this was a game that kicked off late night it was NWSL after dark action for everyone we were unable to recap it because we wanted to recap the uh, NWSL matches that had taken place to date up until that week and also get a chance to go live to talk about the Women's Cup congratulations to Oil Rain on lifting that and against Racing Louisville but in this one Lisa if memory serves me correct in our preview, I believe I had this one picked as a draw. And I think you might have gone with Houston, right? We were going with the hot hand. Yes, yes, going with the hot hand. And and honestly, the way this game unfolded, I thought I was going to be right. And then I thought you were going to be right just a few seconds later. It felt like um, this was a very exciting late night NWSL game that um, I'm – excited to talk about. I know after we did our Saturday night recap, we got a lot of questions on Twitter um, and, and on our lives being like, hey, what about the San Diego Houston game? Hey, we're talking about it right now. Don't worry. We were never going to let this one go by the wayside. It ends three to one San Diego wave winning. So both of us wrong in our predictions. You with the draw, <laughs> me with Houston winning this one. But um, uh, we got to run through how this game unfolded because seven mm. minute in quick Houston gets on the board and everyone gets one guess who scored. Yeah, you're right. It's Ebony Salmon. This player is just on fire right now. This goal is fantastic. San Diego can't clear it after Houston's applying so much pressure. And Salmon, she doesn't even have space to take a shot. She creates the space for herself around four defenders. If you watch this, these highlights, go back and look at them. Then she rips an incredible shot, gets on the board first in the seventh minute. Uh, but Alex Morgan, she is not to be upstaged by the young international in Ebony Salmon. 13th minute, Alex Morgan, she gets on the board and equalizes for San Diego. And that was, I, I think that's a good way to set the stage for oh this my goodness. Game, how it unfolded because it was very exciting quick start it was like so i was like oh no like sort of watching it i remember you and i were like oh no like this game is gonna is it gonna end like in madness of course as we're going live to try to talk a little bit about the women's cup right and it was we were in for a treat because i remember us you know getting out finishing that and then being able to watch the rest of this game where quite frankly I was most excited about because we got to see Amira Ali extend the lead. She got the go-ahead goal for San Diego Wave in this one. Nice assist by Mackenzie Downey. A good game for her. Saw her with a pair of assists in this one, this first one for Amira Ali. And you just saw a little bit, like, just enough to kind of create some chaos there for this uh, Houston Dash side. And that that was a little bit, I think, of the new, uh, a bit of a new challenge, I think, that we saw for this Dash side. They've been on an incredible run during this second half of the season. Obviously, Ebony Salmon is the story for them coming out of this. But watching some of these defensive breakdowns for this dash side, I think maybe is the game that they're going to go back and look at and try to tighten some things up and say, okay, here's some areas in which we weren't able to execute as well as we wanted to, especially when you're talking about this late game goal from Sophia Jakobsen. That is not something that you want to concede so late in the game. Granted, at this point, 
you're already down 2-1. Now you're ending this game down 3-1 because of this late, late goal by Jakobsen. So I, I got I to gotta say, if you're on the, the dash side of things, I think there are areas here where you're looking at some of these goals, even with that Alex Morgan goal. Yeah. Huge. specifically you see these you see three dash players this is like this very very good combo between the positioning of, of Amir Ali and Taylor Korniak and Sophia Smith and you see Ali make this run into the center of the body you, you see dash players collapsing like three players collapsing on Taylor Korniak who has an option to her left or right at this point for either Morgan or Ali and Morgan ends up receiving the ball and is able to slot it away. And you sort of see this similar energy, this similar defend, like defensive yeah. errors kind of happening for, for the dash throughout some of these, um, throughout some of these goals. And I think maybe perhaps a little bit in this one, some of the midweek, you know, action perhaps caught up to the dash in this game on the road against San Diego. I think that's a good way to put it. Remember Houston did play midweek. They, they had a very quick turnaround and, and they're a team that's coming off of um, a very hectic stretch that they played where yes, they were winning games, but they were also playing consistently. And we saw them winning games two one, four two, four one, and now to be um, on the other side of that and losing three to one to this San Diego side, um, maybe a bit of a reset. But like in terms of the standings in, in this one, um, San Diego is still second, Houston's still third, and in the Golden Boot race, Alex Morgan is first with twelve goals, Smith yep. with eleven, Ordonez with ten, and then there's Ebony Salmon with eight goals on the year and in, in just how many games that she's played with this Houston <laughs> side. It's truly fantastic. But I think the breakdowns for Houston came on the defensive side, which is something that this dash side really struggled with at the beginning of the year. And, and more recently they've picked it up, but frankly, they're, they're still conceding goals that they played in right against Gotham. They conceded one against OL rain. They conceded one against Gotham. They conceded two. So they've always been conceding goals, but it's the fact that their production on the offensive side of it has been successful but we just saw um this san diego side come back to their form that we saw them in early in this season when when you look at some of the players that casey stoney has lined up um even someone like with carly telford and goal who who has done fantastic stepping into that role in, in place of kaylin sheridan um who should be back this weekend but really a fantastic job by telford that's such a seamless transition from this um and i, I want to give a shout out to mackenzie doniak a player that subbed in on this game to 50th minute or so she created the most chances for the San Diego side. She ends up getting an assist on the Amir Ali goal uh, and on the Jock and the Jakobsen goal. So that's a player that's done really well for San Diego and Casey Stoney. Houston Dash rising and falling in the same week. What a season we're witnessing in this one, bumping up to second place and then closing out in third place after the loss to San Diego. We've got a midweek match taking place this week. It's going to be kicking off tomorrow on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. North Carolina Courage hosting this one. They're going to be welcoming the Portland Thorns. Who do you got in this one, Lisa? 
So this match is is a really a big one. We saw these two sides play uh, just a few weeks ago in early August to a 3-3 draw. And, and Portland is red hot right now with what they've been able to do, um, just picking up points week in and week out. And North Carolina coming off of their first win in a very long time of that streak. Um, th- this is going to be a great game, and I'm really excited for it. I don't think it's going to be another draw that we just saw from these two sides. Um, I I, I want to say Portland's going to win, but there's something in me that wants to lean towards North Carolina. So I'm going with my gut, and I'm going to say North Carolina. Even if all the signs point to Portland with the streak that they've been able to go on, the form that players like Sophia Smith is in. But there's just something about this North Carolina side with with players like Diana Ordonez, Carolina Dabinia in the midfield alongside Denise O'Sullivan that are just dominant. It, it's it's a midfield battle between Portland and North Carolina. And if North Carolina wins that, they will win this game. So I'm going to stick with the courage in this one. All right. I, I listen, I think it's it's uh it's fun to go with it. I think when you're looking at their top line, when you're looking at players like the Binya and Caroline and and the season that Diana Ordonez is putting together, they're playing some ex- exciting attacking offensive soccer, right? And I don't know if we are going to get that six goal draw that they got earlier like you said, but looking at Portland and the window of, of time that they came off of, they had they just participated in the WICC. I think they're going to be taking the uh, the win in this one. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go with Portland this one. I think it's right. a different opposition that this Courage side is going up against. I think, you know, the win that they got against Chicago is good for their confidence, uh, you know, in terms of the games that the Courage have remaining in front of them and the potential to maybe, you know, go on a little bit of a run, definitely play spoiler against some other teams. But you're talking about going against a, you know, a a really depleted, uh, struggling kind of Chicago Red Stars team right now that kind Mm -hmm. of doesn't really have the personnel to to sort of keep up, it looks like, with the remainder of this regular season. And you're going to be going up against the number one team in the league right now. It's a little bit of difference in oppositions here. So while uh, I do imagine that this trio of Dabinia and Caroline and Ordonez will make things difficult. I have to imagine that the defensive side of things for Portland are going to be a little bit more secure and a little bit more locked up compared to that Chicago Red Stars team. And I think that is going to be the difference in this game. And I do imagine Sophia Smith wants to get back to scoring in NWSL matches. So I got her with a goal on this one too. So I'm going to go for Portland in this one with uh, Sophia Smith making it a difficult night for that uh, courage back line. But before we go, before we close out, it wouldn't be a live show if there wasn't some extra breaking news. So before we go, yes, and there has in fact been another trade announced in the NWSL. Valerie Govine heads to Houston from North Carolina Courage. The Dash will send $25,000 in allocation money to the Courage and a conditional 2024 second round draft pick so we will see more options for this houston dash side as they continue to navigate their regular season but that is it for us here on attacking third today thanks everybody for joining us and listening along to today's episode thanks everyone uh, who voted for us in the people's podcast choice awards check your emails to see if you've been selected to vote for us in the final round and please vote lisa and i will be back with more on thursday To recap, Portland Thorns versus North Carolina Courage and more, subscribe to us on YouTube to know whenever we go live. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attack and Search.